Hi, this is Rodney Allen Trice. Welcome back to Leia's Dead. This podcast I am recording on September 11th. For those of you just tuning in, I am... Leia's Dead was sparked by ideas that you can read about on the blog page from the beginning or listen to the old ones. I'm not going to keep going on about it. But it was... I was a big giant Star Wars fan, and it was parallels of the rise of the Empire with parallels of what's happening in the U.S. with our government. And um, the whole thing has evolved to become more about cultural changes, cultural experiences, things that in this period of time where I think there's a lot more going on than just the government doing what it's doing, we seem to be living in a period of time where industry, jobs, how we make livings, how we draw income is massively and rapidly changing. So we can hold on to old things with great passion and love, but I think we're doing ourselves harm if we don't identify a lot of things that we need to move forward on and let go of. Now, on this September 11th of 2017, um, I think there's things culturally that have shifted. Not things related to, well, since that day, not things related to um, most of what this blog is about, which is more media and art and film and and restaurants and cultural things of that nature. But this is bigger and it affects all those things. I was in New York City on September 11th. I was fortunate to have a job at the time where I went in later than most people. So when the whole thing started going down, I had not left my house yet in Brooklyn. By the time the buildings had collapsed, though, the smoke was blowing in my neighborhood's direction. I was in Park Slope, Brooklyn. And most of that early morning and early afternoon, um, the neighborhood was filled with an extremely toxic white smoke that was so dense, um, you couldn't see halfway down the block. It was like fog with this intense, toxic aroma. Anyway, it's a day I remember very, very well and will probably never forget. Now, the cultural shift that our nation went through on that day is profound and part of why there might be some relevance in some way to a podcast talking about cultural changes and how we evolve and move on. Drive-in movie theaters, for example. Oh, I'm sorry to see them go. However, in all honesty, the sound systems were crappy and, you know, it was what it was. And by the time you'd get two-thirds of the way through the movie, honestly, you were probably, if you were like me, wishing for a more comfortable place to sit, period. Culturally, it's sad to see them go, but, you know, things happen. I do wish there were more around, but, oh well. You gotta let go. But there are cultural things that 
have taken hits. And September 11th was a larger national personality kind of shift. Watergate, way, way back, created a similar cultural shift where we all, as a nation, began to significantly not any longer trust our government. Now, the thing is about our government, I think there were most, uh, maybe not most, I think there were a lot of people who didn't trust our government back then. But I think most people did. Most people felt that they didn't agree with everything, but they were kind of doing things the way they should. Watergate blew the lid off of that. Watergate, I think, opened everyone's eyes and it changed this nation. We no longer trusted our politicians, any of them. And it's odd that some people get so passionately behind any of them because honestly, you know, we do have a lack of faith in our politicians. And Watergate shifted that. Well, accelerate decades ahead, and September 11th happened. Now, I have read, and I encourage, if you are listening to this, to look into it for yourself. There's a lot of conspiracy theories revolving around this day, and some people get really hostile about it because it's like you're attacking their patriotism. But honestly, we should really pay attention. The truth is, Bush Sr. put together, and wisely so, a think tank that whose goal was to um, create a situation where, well to, well, to evaluate by using their studies. I mean, we're talking top professors and experts in numerous areas to come together to figure out what is the, the path forward through the next 100 years for the United States. This think tank, the documentation is available. It's called the PNAC, the Plan for a New American Century. Um, there are bits and pieces of it. It is a large and extensive research project. Um, but if you search it online, you will find that there is information. So the PNAC was this think tank to determine what was America's um, position economically, socially, etc., moving forward into the next 100 years. And the first stage of this, uh, when these experts came back, they told the Bush administration that they did not see things looking very good for America moving forward. In fact, within the next 50 years from when he was in office, they were looking at an America that quite possibly could slide more into a third world nation kind of recognition than maintaining its top position. Well, this was, of course, terribly troubling, and so the Bush administration decided to continue the project, again, wisely so. So what could we do to fix that? Obviously, you look 100 years into the future to anticipate problems so that you can correct them before they come. And 
they went to work on that problem. They came back to him, and none of their solutions seemed possible without some kind of military action somewhere in the world. No matter what they tried to figure out, there was no economic solution that just seemed to work. And so Bush and his administration determined that, well, you know, we can't sell going to war to the American people just to simply keep us from tanking economically. No one's going to go for that. And so he put them back to work. How do we sell this to the American people? And for that, they came up with only one solution, that Americans felt threatened. I'm not going to go too deep into the conspiracies on all of that. But when his son took office, and a lot of Bush Sr.'s staff came into the White House as advisory committee, as part of the president's cabinet, etc. There were a lot of similar faces, people that I'm sure were familiar with the PNAC. And now on Junior's watch, bam, September 11th happened. And America has never felt more threatened before in their life. And wars have been raging around the world since. Mostly, we are involved with them. I'm not going to get any further into the conspiracy than that, but like when a detective or police officer is investigating a murder or any kind of crime, the one thing that is the primary point by which they do all their screening potential um, uh, potential people who may have been guilty of the crime, it's motivation. They're looking at motivation. I'd suggest that the PNAC is real. It, is, it exists. Search it. You will find it. This is what it is. It is long documentation, but this is what it was about. That's a fact. If you dig into who benefited most, well, that seems to be a motivation. And I'm going to leave it at that. What I want to get into, however, though, is the cultural change that happened in America. I have mentioned before to other people that Jeff Daniels was in a show called Newsroom. And this show, he plays an anchorman. And there is one link that is all over the internet. If you simply search Jeff Daniels, comma, Newsroom, comma, why America is not great. You'll find, it's like three minutes or something like that. You'll find this little clip of the show where he goes on to say why America is not great. And he spews out some of the rankings from healthcare down into the 20s or the 30s from, I mean, there's all kinds of things that we used to rank on top and we don't anymore. But what's really compelling is the latter half of his little speech when he talks about what we were. 
that we weren't afraid and that we were excited to bring the world new things, new adventures, new challenges, that we took them on like crazy. We spent ridiculous amounts of money to create new possibilities and develop new amazing things. And the world watched with amazement at all these wonderful things that we would do. So if you get a chance, tune into that few minutes because it's really worth it. And it was kind of inspired to be reminded what made us great when we were. September 11th was not one of those days. I know when we dig back into our memories and we say, oh, but remember how we pulled together. Being a New Yorker and being there that day when it all went down, yes, we pulled together tightly. We embraced each other tightly and we were there for each other. But this nation has become a nation of fear and anger and hate since. It's almost like if there's anybody whoever they are, that's closest to us, we blame them now for what's ailing us or what problems have arisen. There's nothing we guard more sacredly than capitalism, than unbridled, unregulated capitalism. And it is amazing to me, the very smart people who will often go on about less government, less rules and regulations, and more and more, you know, freedom with all that sort of stuff, letting capitalism ride more freely. And in actuality, it is that very capitalism that is ruining us. You want to know why jobs are leaving here and going elsewhere? Because they can. The cost of living in this nation is extremely higher than in Indiana, India, than in much of Asia. And so, of course, manufacturing jobs are going there because you cannot pay people here what you can pay people there. And there they can have a relatively decent life. Here it costs a lot more to have a relatively decent life. So manufacturing's not coming back here. It's not. It's the cost of living, whether you want to blame the real estate market, whatever you want to blame. Ultimately, it comes down to capitalism. That we didn't, 60 years ago, start seriously paying attention to the regulation of housing costs and food costs and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We didn't start paying attention back then and put the brakes on so that our cost of living would be competent to the cost of living in other places. Or if that's not even something that's possible to do, which I suspect it is not, then begin to build a different and bigger and better plan so that we wouldn't still have so many Americans desperate to see new factories where they make stuff pop up so they or their kids or their families can get jobs. We wouldn't have coal people that have no clue why coal jobs have left. And yes, some of this is because of international trade deals, but the international trade deals were, you know, if you can get, you know, 
a ton of coal from China for $1,000, but a ton of coal here costs $5,000. Well, there's no competition. Yes, it's going to come from there. <sighs> anyway, I'm less energetic today and less driven today. It's, it's, this whole subject matter kind of makes me more sad today because in America, we embrace capitalism and free economy and don't want to regulate it when it's the one thing that's kind of screwing us all so badly. But it's this sacred part. It's like the American eagle and the American flag, the bald eagle and the American flag. You know, it's like we wave that and we wave capitalism and don't touch our capitalism, don't blah, blah, blah. You know, but seriously, folks. You got to wake up and you got to understand at least some degree of the complexities of global economies. That includes ours. And we need to stop letting this shift and this division that September 11th drove like a wedge in between so many of us. We really have to get away from that. That is a cultural shift that happened then. So we're like 16 years into it, and we're seeing how this nation is being ripped apart. It's just, this is a cultural change for which I'm not going to say, get over it, move on. This is a cultural change we have to fix. This is one that we don't let go of. This is one we have to correct. And correcting means we have to be wiser. We have to be smarter. We have to just not throw our hands in the air, frustrated that our politicians or our bosses or whoever and whatever isn't doing things the way we think they should. This is where we need to understand why and how they could do things better and how they should do things better. And then we need to know how we can pressure them to do it. Anyway, I um, just that's all I have to say today, and I'm going to let that go there. I will be more excited and charged up, I think, next week when we get back to other things. But this one's really dire and really sad and really frustrating and depressing. And if we can't pull out of this that started since September 11th, we're all kind of screwed. All right. Thanks so much and tune in next week. Bye.